Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Deep Dive Lyrics podcast. This is the voice of Joel Crow speaking to you. And this is a podcast where each week I have selected a song to share with you that is important to me because it tells some kind of story or it expresses some kind of, of complicated feelings or psychology in, an, in a way that has been important and significant to me. I do this because for me, it really is emotionally satisfying. It's really purposeful to to look at those stories. I know most people, it's normal, especially in today's age with the attention span that we have. It's normal that most people just kind of put music on and they just pay attention to the melodies and the harmonies and even the instrumentation they get excited about and just the rhythms and even just the aesthetic sound of uh, the voice or whatever. Frankly, that doesn't mean a ton. I mean, I can talk about that. And I do talk about that. You know, I talk about some of the music theory anyway on the show, but for me, what's important is the story behind the song, the, the psychological complications behind the lyrics. And so that is what we do on this show. Um, and I'm very excited today to share a song with you from a band called Reliant K. Now, this is a band, it's one of a handful of bands that really, really made a huge impact on me growing up, especially through those angsty, hormonal teen years that were really, really difficult for all of us and are difficult for people who are still going through it. Um, And this band, Reliant K, just came across with the right kind of energy and sometimes anger and sometimes happiness and you know, sometimes very shallow ideas and and sometimes very introspective and important ideas. And it it really hit a sweet spot uh, for me, as, as many other bands did at a time in my life where I kind of shut down and isolated myself from other people for the most part. Um, and that wasn't a great decision. But I did have, you know, I, I am the person I am today because of this kind of music. And anyway... I am here to share with you today a song that means a lot to me. Um, I uh, Honestly, as is always the case with these songs, before I do the prep for this episode, for these episodes, I, I never fully realize everything that I think about this song, but, you know, doing all that writing it down really helps me analyze. And, and uh, so I, I'm looking forward to sharing all of that with you, all that I have kind of newly rediscovered about this song. And it is called um, This Is The End If You Want It. It is the last song on the 20, 2009 album forget and not slow down 2009 it's crazy to think that it's that old 11 years old that was the year that i graduated high school it's crazy anyway forget and not slow down is an album um this was back in the day when cds were still kind of a thing and it was i think the start of the transition to the digital music age but um reliant k formed this album i believe in an attempt to deter people from just putting it on shuffle because that's what people would do right people would uh, put in a cd plus pray press play and then hit shuffle so that it would randomize the order um and i think i i read an interview with uh the band where they said no we put a lot of thought and effort into the the order behind these songs and we want people to listen to it the the way it was meant to be listened to so um for that reason they did 
something pretty spectacular. Um, not necessarily the best business-wise for them, I suppose, but they split up their songs into multiple tracks, some of them. So that this song, for instance, um, it's one song, it's one continuous song, but it's two tracks. It is the second to last and the last tracks on the album Forget Not Slow Down. And the song is called This Is The End If You Want It, but the first track is just called This Is The End. The second track is called If You Want It, in parentheses. And it's a really odd way to do it. I have looked and tried to find a single track that is the whole song, and I haven't found it. So if you have found it, if you know where that can be found, please email me at uh, deepdivelyrics.crow at gmail.com. It's deepdivelyrics.crow at gmail.com. I would love to find out where I can get that, and I'll, I'll I'd put a link to it if I have it. <laughs> and um, it, this is just such a fantastic song, and I'd love to have it in a playlist, but I really can't do that because then I can't just hit shuffle on my playlist like I want to. Anyway, um, it's a really cool song, and there's references to C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia in it. There's um, This is, I think, Reliant K's best effort at, at a themed album where every song kind of relates to the others and um, I, I can't say that, that that it's done particularly well but this song does make reference I think to previous songs on the album which um, is a really neat thing anyway I'm, I'm going to go ahead and play a stripped down version of it for you right here right now and then I'll give you a very, very quick music theory minute about uh, something notable notable about the way the song is constructed musically, and then we will de- dive into the lyrics. We'll ask some questions that spring to mind or any ideas that are, um, you know, just, just come to us from uh, a, a cursory listening to the song, and, uh, and then we'll go through it line by line and see if we can unravel the story being told and uh that'll be great yeah so here you are the song is called this is the end if you want it it's the last album it's it's the last song on the album forget not slow down i can't keep a straight face and say this is not the end not if you want it, it's upon us And I'd like to say it's sinking in things that I might be less inclined to manage. 
You stood there mesmerized I took the fire escape and made it out alive Yeah, I still burn from time to time But I've a healing hand against my side Blisters on my feet, I crawled back home Frozen from the sleet, burnt sand and stone Nourished back to life by life alone And with one shake of the mane Regained the throne 
there's a crazy, awesome, epic quality to the song that makes it just perfect for this, the, the end of the album. It really wraps things up well, and it talks about some ideas that were addressed in previous songs, so we'll kind of we'll talk about that when it comes up. But really, really cool, well-constructed song. There's this one thing that I just want to mention in this quick music theory minute, which is that it starts out in the way I'm playing it in the key of D. I'm playing it one step lower than the original version, so it usually starts up in the key of E, but I'm starting out in the key of D, and then it really builds up. It's really really uh, pounding, and, and, uh, and it gets to this moment where it's something kind of weird happens and then suddenly suddenly it's in a new key suddenly it's uh, this is the key of E flat and that's the moment where it shifts from one track to the other from the from the penultimate track to the ultimate track you might say from the second to last track to the last track on the album and it um, is it's done just really well it's pretty brilliant and it 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 uh, heralds a shift in the entire uh, sense of the song in, in, in that it becomes much softer and more introspective and a, a little bit slower as well. It's a really interesting musical thing to do. So um, I really, really like that. And um, it, it makes it sound awkward then to go back down to the, the D there. But uh, that's where we're going to start. Um, as far as initial thoughts and ideas and questions, I think there, there are two huge ideas, uh, two big prominent themes that come up over and over again in this song. And that is the first one is basically the title of, of it, that, that this is the end of something. So something is ending, something is... Uh, and there, there's a sense of sorrow, I think, about it. So there's kind of that theme in it. And then the other other thing that keeps coming up is the idea of going home or being taken home or wanting to go home, but maybe something is preventing us from going home. Something like that. Um, it, it comes up a lot in this song. So those are those are two big things. One other thing that I'll mention real quick is that the sec the the last verse is very very weird <laughs> it um you know the the first part of the song really the whole song up until that last verse you get the idea from just basic listening to it i think hopefully you get the idea that this is about a romantic relationship that's ending that that this is something that is painful and difficult because it's a romantic relationship that a lot was riding on and now it's having to end and you, you get a lot of kind of typical regular language about that stuff all the way up until this last verse. And then out of, the, out of nowhere, you get Medusa. <laughs> you get, you know, the, the devil with, with snake hair and, and then uh, the, the lion and these things, you know, these fant- fantasy world kind of images pop up seemingly out of nowhere um so that is something to kind of just store in the back of our minds and we'll uh we'll bring that up again when the time comes and try to make some sense of that so let's go ahead and get started on the uh on the first verse here so it starts out i can't keep a straight face and say this is not the end 
Not if you want it, it's upon us And I'd like to say it's sinking in So there's something that's ending, right? I can't keep a straight face and say this is not the end. Not if you want it. So there's there's these two people in the equation, as you would expect in a romantic-related song. Uh, <laughs> and I think that the the person who's not speaking, the person who you know isn't writing this, um, <clears throat> has probably seen this coming for a long time and has hinted towards it for a long time. And then this person who is writing the song they've been trying to convince themselves that no this is going well this is going fine uh but but finally things come to a head and he can no longer uh just continue to live up to that lie he he he's been saying it all this time and i think really believing it but at at this juncture you just can't keep a straight face and continue to say this is not the end because he knows he's he's looking at the the girl and he says you know you you wanted this you um you you're longing for this to to end i've really stuck it out and i've really have tried to to make it work despite of everything but right now i can see that no amount of power is going to to save the situation so right now it's it's sinking in right it's sinking into this guy's uh mind because he didn't want to believe it before, but now it's uh, it's sinking in. He's learning to accept it. He's seeing that it's just has got to be the case. And then he says, "This may sound crazy, but I want to go back home. Want to come back home. That's it. I've said it. Now I'm sailing off to Neverland and then Japan." So, you know, now that I think about it, uh, I guess that that does put, you know, a little bit of fantasy into the earlier part of the song and that, you know, he mentions Neverland, the famed, you know, world of Peter Pan and all that. Um, but he's he's saying that there's but it, it's put in conjunction with Japan. So there's the, the fantasy world and the real world, which is, you know, a world of travel and and wonderful sights and all that you know natural beauty and all that stuff I think what he's talking about is going on tour with the band um, you know um, sometimes I kind of get hung up on the idea of well is this kind of a fantasy story or is this uh, or or is this the the author or the the writer writing from his own experiences? With Reliant K, almost always, um, he is what we could call, uh, that is to say, Matthew, Matt Thiessen, the, the lead singer and the songwriter, most of the songs, uh, is, is a, a confessional writer, meaning that he's talking about personal, actual experiences, except in, for in a few songs where it's very obvious. There's a song called Deathbed um, that is not about personal experience. It's telling a story, but... Um, Anyway, all that is to say, I think we can assume that he is talking about personal experiences in this song, and therefore it makes sense to to assume that he's talking about touring in the band, you know, when he's going to faraway places like Japan. So he's got this sense within him that he he wants to come back home, he wants to feel that security and familiarity that you get from being home, but... You know, 
now I've said it. Now, now he's gonna just continue on living. He's gonna sail off to Neverland and then Japan. He's gonna see all the the wonders of the fantastic world and all the wonders of the realistic world, and uh, and he's just gonna go on and and live life as best he knows how and live up to his responsibilities as the leader of a band. And then he says, so think real slow. Don't forget that yes is yes and no is no. So he's asking this person in this situation to be, to, to consider this carefully, right? Don't make a light decision because um, if we say yes, then it's going to be yes. And if we say no, it's going to be no. It's the idea that whatever decision we make right now is going to have finality to it. You know, we, we have a need for finality in this moment and it's going to have lasting consequences. You know, if this is the end, then it's going to truly be the end. And, uh, and so make sure that you consider that carefully and don't make a hasty decision. He says, don't forget that yes is no, yes is yes, no is no about the way you want to go because I may forget the way to get back home. I think that what he's talking about there is that going home is a, is a feeling of belonging. It's a feeling of security, safe, safety. Um, and the fear is that if it all falls apart right now, um, that may, may never be able to be built up again, right? The, the, those, that home, homey kind of feeling is what you hope to get out of a romantic relationship. Uh, and it, when it all falls apart, you might not be able to build it up again, I think is, is the fear that he's expressing. So let's be careful about the way that we want to go because when all this is over, it might not be possible to get back to that, to that home. And he's, you know, as he's touring, thinking about how that relates to, you know, going back to the physical real home. And, uh, it's a, it's an interesting correlation there. And then he says, uh, this is kind of a, an interesting verse here. Well, first he just says this is the end, right? This is the end if you want it. So just, again, that that idea that, you know, this is something that's available to you. It's available to us that, um, you know, we can decide to, to put an end to it if it's the right thing to do. And then he says, you're not the first thing in my life I've loved and lost. Yeah, I've had worse things. I've thought worse things that I might be less inclined to merely just shrug off. I think he's he's doing a couple of things with those lines. He's saying he is, I think, trying to be a comforting voice to her. He's trying not to put weight on on her for this decision. He's trying to say, you know, this will be okay. Whatever happens, you know, I've had struggles and, um, you know, I've, I've had pain in the past. In fact, I've had I've been in other situations where um, I didn't want to shrug it off as much as I do this thing here right now. Um, honestly, when you look at it, when you step outside of the emotional side of the 
of the writer, it, it comes off almost as a backhanded compliment, I think, um, for him to say, you know, you're not the most difficult thing I'll ever have getting over. You know, I've, I've had other things that, that were more difficult to shrug off, that were more difficult to leave. And, and, uh, you know, I think he, he means for it to be a good and comforting thing. And he's, he's comforting himself for sure. Uh, in that, you know, the, the idea that, well, this is something I'll get through because I've been through worse before. Um, and, and, you know, these are just the kind of honest, flawed things that, uh, that we tell ourselves in, in times when we're experiencing pain. And then he says, I took the fire escape. And I think he's talking about those other, other times, the other things that he didn't want to shrug off before. He says, I took the fire escape and made it out alive. Yeah, I still burn from time to time, but I have a healing hand against my side. So, he, once again, he's saying in these other situations, you know, I've been burned in the past, but I was always able to escape. I was able to summon up the, the energy and the courage to, to get out of there, to, to rush out, to escape and, uh, and get out of the flames for it, uh, you know, to get out of the, the misery of not being able to continue something that, you know, the thing that I really didn't want to shrug off. I, I was able to take the fire escape and get out of there and not let it destroy me. It does still hurt, he says, right? The, the memory of all those things, it does still hurt. It still burns from time to time. It's, it's unter- unpredictable. It's intermittent. But, but... There's a healing hand. There's a there. There is healing, right? There's healing in time, and 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 then also, I think he's pointing to some kind of uh, divine healing there as well. There's there's a personal healing that comes from God, and of course, if you're familiar with the music of Reliant K, he he sings a lot about having a relationship with God. So it certainly makes sense that he's looking to to Jesus for, for healing. And, um, yeah, yeah. You know, by the way, I, I don't like to get too much into, it almost sounds gossipy to me, but <laughs> I, I know very little about the situation, but what I do know about it is this. Apparently, um, prior leading up to writing this album and, and recording this album, uh, Matt Thiessen, was engaged to a girl was going to get married. It was exciting and publicized and everyone was very happy. And then for some reason it fell apart. So I think it's very, uh, I think it makes sense to correlate that to, uh, to this song. It's kind of a healing process. Um, you know, people write about the things that they're experiencing. So, um, this probably was about a specific person and, and, and a specific situation that he found himself in where everything seemed to be going really well for a while until suddenly they weren't. And then suddenly it had to end. So I, uh, yeah. So anyway, back to the song. He says, uh, let's see. We talked about the, the fire escape. Still burns from time to time. 
And then he goes back into what I would call the the pre-chorus. Just once again, he says, think real slow. Be careful. Be careful what you're thinking about this. And don't forget that what we say now, that yes is yes, no is no. Which, by the way, is uh, a phrase you might hear in common language, but also it's a reference to the Bible. Um, you know, let, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. So there's another little re- religious reference for you. Words of Jesus there. Let your yes be yes and no be no about the way that you want to go. Because once again, I may forget the way to build this back up again. I may forget the way to have that safety and security and, and be able to summon up the the desire to to feel comfortable, you know, again. And uh, it's it's going to be difficult for her too. You know, they need to think about what what the best thing is to do and how to proceed, and uh, and what it really means to end and not do it on a whim. And then he just says again that this is this is the end. If you want it, if you want it, this is the end. And then and that's where it really builds up. And and this has been the the pounding, pulsing beating of this uh, of this song until it gets up here I can't keep a straight face and say this is not the end not if you want it, it's upon us and I'd like to say it's sinking in so he repeats the, the first line of the song um, this is something that actually it, it's less formulaic than than most previous Reliant K songs. There, there's repetition of lines, but kind of an unpredictable re- repetition of lines. And this is something that I see a lot more in their, uh, in their last album so far. Um, it's called Air for Free, is their most recent album from 2016. And they, I, they did that a lot in, uh, in that album, which is kind of a cool thing. And I'm sure Matt Thiessen is going to continue to uh, kind of experiment with those ideas of repeating lines, but not just in the sense of it being, you know, repeating the same chorus over and over again. It's a a cool thing that I I like to see creativity in. So um, he then says, so we we already talked about, you know, you, you can't keep a straight face. Oh, another thing I'll say real quick about that is that it almost simulates the 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 brain loop that we all can kind of get in. You know, this is kind of um, when when you're someone who tends to kind of obsess over certain thoughts, and you can just run it back in your in your brain over and over again, and then you move on to something else, and then suddenly it's back you know, the other, the thought that you were having before and you just find yourself kind of obsessively running over the same set of words over and over again. I think that, that this song, uh, kind of expresses that, that reality for a lot of us. Um, it's my understanding that a lot of musicians are people who have kind of, um, you know, mental lapses, <laughs> depression and stuff like that. And it, it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of, uh, expression that can be, that can be pulled out of songs like this anyway, without going, uh, trying, trying to stay on the beaten path here. The next, then 
the, the next new line, he says, If I was hasty, then maybe I was rushed along. I won't move into little boxes and then not get the itch to move on. I really, really like those lines. It's, it's really honest and also a little bit selfish, honestly. Um, he's, he's telling the truth. He's trying to be honest. It is a, a broken thought that, um, you know, he's, he's kind of defending himself. He's, he's kind of apologizing, but kind of not. He's, he's kind of more justifying himself and saying, look, this is just the way that I am. If I, if I, if it felt like I was hasty, if I was moving things along too quickly, it was because I felt like I was being put into a little box and I'm, I'm not going to, to move into those little boxes and then, and then not get the itch to move on, to not feel like I have to keep going and going and going. You know, this kind of relates to the, the full theme of the album. Uh, the, the name of this album again is called forget and not slow down. So, so the, the big running theme of the entire album is that we should be not bogged down by guilt and pain of the past, but, but to move on, to forget what was in the past and, and not slow down as we charge into the future. And that's kind of what he's expressing here, except that I get the sense in this line that he's defending himself because he's hurt somebody else. You know, he's, somebody has told him, you know, you were hasty in this. You, you try to move this. I think the girl is probably saying you try to move this relationship on too quickly. Uh, you were hasty. And he says, well, if I was hasty, maybe I felt rushed along <laughs> and then I won't move into little boxes, not get the itch to, to keep going, move on to move forward. And, uh, and then it, it moves back into, well, so we're, we're in the new key here. We're in the key of E, e flat. Yeah, good. And he says, think real slow. So it, it's back to this pre-chorus. Don't forget the yes is yes, no is no. And then he throws in a, a new line into this pre-chorus. He says, the melted prints and grass and snow means I may forget the way to get back home. So with this new introspective feeling, there we get a we get a new line in that pre-chorus, and it's this very visual image that a journey was made through the snow, right? So there are visible foot footprints behind in the snow, but then as the weather changes and it warms, there's this inevitability that that path is going to fade. So he's made this this charge into the future, right? And then as time goes on, the the natural process erases the the path that he that he took. It's like he was he used to be looking over his shoulder and making sure, okay, good, my my path is still there. I can always go back if I need to. Right? If you look if you're walking through the snow and you look over your shoulder, you can see your own footprints and you say to yourself, well, at least I know if I need to go back the way that I came, I can always do that. But if the snow is melting, if it's if it's melting prints and grass and snow, you may not be able to get back home. You may not be able to, you won't have that comfort. You won't be able to get back to, uh, you know, the security and, and familiarity of your surroundings. And then he goes back. Let's see. There's some more repeti- It's hard to remember where the repetition is and where he's coming up with new stuff to say. 
Um, so once again, he says, this is the end. It's a little scatterbrained, which I think is the purpose. It's, uh, it's, it's also kind of brilliant how that feeds into this. Um, but anyway, this is the end, if you want it. This is the end. And then he goes back to this part where he's saying, You're not the first thing in my life I've loved and lost. Yeah, I've got worse things that I might be less inclined to merely just shrug off. And, yeah, so we, we already talked about those lines. Um, it's, a, it's a powerful idea. Once, once again, he's kind of caught in a mind loop and he's thinking all these things over and over again and trying to figure out how they make sense and, and you know, what to do with them. And then, then we do get some new, new lines here. He says, you'll take me home like my family did. My father did, I know. All right, so what does that mean? And who is he talking to? Is he still talking to the girl? I think if he is talking to the girl, then he's talking in a, a very wishful thinking kind of way or even uh, in, in a way that he wished it could have been. It, it's obvious that he's he's realized by now that this is ending, right? That that this relationship is on, on the rocks and it's it's ending. They're, they're finally figuring out a way to end it. But, uh, I think that maybe he's, he's still left wishing and hoping that it could be different, that, that she could again, take him home, take him back to that place of feeling comfortable and, and familiar with surroundings and, and full of happiness and peace that, that you get from being home. Like my family did, my father did, I know. Right? So the idea of a, of a close-knit family that inspires those feelings within us, the, the feeling of peace, of being surrounded by people who love us and know us and, and you know, love us unconditionally, no matter what happens, that, that we'll be accepted and, and loved and, and that we'll go back to a place that, that we recognize and be able to have the joy of that. Also, um, to relate to relate it a little bit more to Matt Thiessen's personal life, hopefully not too much, but um, I do know that he um, struggled with uh, his parents' divorce. A, a lot of a lot of kids have that issue in their lives and and struggle with that, and it is a a, a really difficult thing. I can't speak from experience myself, but I know uh, from having talked to a lot of people that you know when you're torn between two homes it can be really difficult and that can make this line even more uh, expressive even more poignant uh, you could say take me home like my family did my father did I know it's like he he loves all of his family but his father especially had that uh, attraction to him that he could feel it when he was a kid, maybe riding in the car with his dad and he knew that he was going home and, and he had a deep feeling of satisfaction of going home to a to a place that was peaceful and, and, and nice to be. <laughs> um, he says, you'll think real slow, but, but don't forget the speed. 
that I can go away. And again, this is this is all all relating to the wider idea of you know forget not slow down. This is the nature of Matt Thiessen. You could say it's a nature it's a nature that to some degree resides in all of us, which is why, or at least in me, maybe I can't speak for everyone on earth, but um, for those of us to whom this song and this album has meaning, we we uh, sympathetically feel this this desire to to be moving on and, and not stay in the same place and and this is a warning this line is is a warning to whoever it is that's trying to take him home whoever it is that's trying to to give him that joy and peace don't forget the speed that i can go away because this is the end if you want it And, and maybe he's coming to grips with the fact that it's that, that uh, aspect of his character and personality that, uh, that drove him apart from this girl in question. It's a possibility to consider. And then from there, we are moving on into the bridge of the song. So this is a new portion that we haven't uh, heard before. And this is where he says... I've been convincing myself that I'm worthwhile because I'm worth what I'll convince myself to be. Now this idea, it's a, it's kind of the self-love lesson. It's, it's something that, you know, people have written a lot of books about. It's a very, um, very common, I'd say modern um, message that you need to, Convince yourself, you, you need to know how much you're worth. You need to know that you are enough. And then um, I think that um, people like me oftentimes kind of react against that. Uh, you know, I, I understand what the message is supposed to be. And at some level, I think that it's a good thing. But um I, honestly, I'd say that this this message right here is incorrect. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna come right out and disagree. I love this song. I, I think there's a lot of truth in it, and there's a lot of honesty in it. And sometimes being honest means giving voice to even messages that aren't necessarily true, but they are in our minds sometimes. And I have no doubt there's there's a lot of sincerity in this moment of the song. I have no doubt that Matt Teeson meant it very honestly and sincerely but i disagree uh, <laughs> with this message that you need to just convince convince yourself to be worth something and then you'll be worth you, you know what you convince yourself to be um it is very much that you are enough kind of message the idea that uh, you know you need to to embody worthiness in yourself rather than getting it from uh, from an outside source. I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think that if, uh, again, I think this is a very honest thought, and I don't know that Matt Thiessen necessarily did all this war, war gaming of thought with it, but, uh, you know, that I do. But this is what uh, the Deep Dive Lyrics podcast is for. It's to overanalyze and overcriticize everything. So, um at the very least, we can say it's a, it's a, an honest and sincere thought. And sincere thought. I've been convincing myself that I'm worthwhile 
because I'm worth what I'll convince myself to be. And then he goes back into this part. And this is that, uh, that really weird last verse that I mentioned before. Uh, so, so what he says is, I met the devil and I looked her in the eyes. Her, her hair had scales like silver serpents. I, a statue, stood there mesmerized. So this is Medusa, right? This is a reference to the Greek monster god type thing, Medusa, who had serpents for hair and when she looks at something or when or when somebody looks in her eyes they turn into a statue turn into stone and uh it's uh it's kind of cool to see that that crop up in this song and what does it mean uh is he talking about a specific woman and calling her a devil calling her a monster i don't think so um more likely that there's that the devil is taking the form of something that he longs for, that he that he longs to confront. And so he does confront it, right? He stares her in the eye. So he, he sees this, this monster, this devil. He knows what it is, but he wants to confront it. So he looks her in the eye. But then what happens? Well, same thing that always happens with Medusa. He looks her in the eye and he turns into stone. He's a statue. He stands there mesmerized. So there's something going on here. He's, he's at war with something that is too powerful for him. It, it, it has control over him. It has the power to mesmerize him, to stop him in his tracks. And, and he does. So he stands there mesmerized. But then he does say, I took the fire escape and made it out alive. Yeah, I still burn from time to time, but I have a healing hand against my side. So he's repeating that. We've had those lines before. But in this particular uh, situation as well, he was, he was able to get away. He was able to trust in that, in that forget and not slow down mentality, right? He was able to, to, to get away. And of course, it still comes at a cost, right? He still burns from time to time, just like we talked about before. That, the, that these issues that have come up in the past have lasting consequences and uh, every once in a while you'll still feel the, the pain and burn from it. But there's, again, that, that healing hand against his side. So, so the idea is that, that he will get through it, he'll continue on, and, uh, and there is endurance through whatever happens. And then the very last few lines is things... Uh, quiet down here. He says, blisters on my feet, I crawled back home. Frozen from the sleet burned sand and stone, nourished back to life by life alone, and with one shake of the mane, regained the throne. The mane is M-A-N-E. It's like, it's the mane of a lion is what it's referenced to. And um, this is the reason why I am saying that uh, I think this is reference to C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia. There is this uh, this serpent lady, you know, devil witch type thing, and then also reference to a lion. Um, I'm not just pulling that out of nowhere. There's uh, a, a, there's a good reason to think that uh, that Matt Thiessen would 
be alluding to the Chronicles of Narnia because he did it in a different song. There's a on their Christmas album, and then also on the Apathetic EP. Um, there's a song called uh, "Always Winter But Never Christmas," which is a direct reference to um, the the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, and then also, uh, I think that there's a part of me that thinks that maybe Reliant K was trying to hint at the makers of the movies because this is when the movies were coming out for the Chronicles of Narnia and uh, and another band that is tight, tightly tied to Reliant K is Switchfoot and then they got to do a song for the movie Prince Caspian so there's a lot of little little connections but the, the point of it is that um, Reliant K is a band that you know has talked about C.S. Lewis in the past they, there's a connection there and has written songs about it, and so it uh, it makes sense if if that is partly what this is alluding to that that the lion at the end of the song that you know with one shake of a mane he regains the throne. If that is Aslan, the the lion of the Chronicles of Narnia, then that makes sense because Aslan is C.S. Lewis, Lewis's um, representation of God in that. In, in those books and it makes sense that the idea that the idea that um, no effort is required that that all he has to do is shake his mane and regain the throne and and it ties into to these other last lines as well that you know is nourished back to life by life alone and you, you know the idea that uh, that God himself is life is a, is a common theme throughout the Bible and it's also something that's very present in a lot of Reliant K songs. And there's also the the fact that he was turned into a statue and he is apparently healed from from being a statue, right? From the from the Medusa creature. Um, and that happens in the the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, where Aslan the Lion uh, you know, brings back to life people who were turned into statues. Anyway, it's a whole thing. <laughs> Without, I won't get into any more specifics than that. I'm just trying to to defend my cause, my uh, my assertion that uh, that Matt Thiessen is heavily referencing the Chronicles of Narnia in in the very end of this song. There's another way to read it, which I won't spend a ton of time on, but um, it does make some sense. Because there is a previous song on this album. Again, this is a well-themed album that kind of builds up into each other, and, and you know the songs build up into each other and leads toward um, a cohesive idea. One of the previous songs is a song called Sahara, and in that song it talks about a lion, and it says, um, "The lion on his side was it the lying or the pride which brought him down." Uh, once the king of beasts, but now they feast on the thoughts beneath his vacant crown. Uh, and he's trying to decide, was it the lying or the pride that brought him down to be alone, to be dethroned? Believe me, I know all about it now. So, th- so there's that reference to a, a lion being dethroned. And then here at the end of this song, a lion is regaining the throne. So there's kind of a cool uh, connection there. Um, yeah. And then also, uh, boy, there are are so many little things I have to say about this song. I hope this episode doesn't end up being way too long for you. Um, 
there's a hidden track <laughs> on the first for the first song. So CDs sometimes had this thing called hidden tracks where you could go to the first song, start playing it, and then if you had the right kind of CD player, you could hit rewind and you could hear something that was hidden, something that was before the first song that you wouldn't otherwise have known about. It's kind of a dumb thing to do because not every CD player could access those tracks. And even if they could, it was really inconvenient. And uh, anyway, all of that to say there was a hidden track on this album that was that was those lines from Sahara that I was just quoting to you. It, it was just a very deep, uh, ominous voice. And all he was uh, singing was... Um, the lion on his side was it the lying on his pride which brought him down once the king of beasts but now they feast on the thoughts beneath his vacant crown and so anyway uh i am um making the connection that this is a bookend uh we talked about bookends in a previous episode i think the the one before the previous uh direct one um Bookending is when you have the same thought or the same line or the same idea at the very beginning and at the very end, and it it uh, creates this cohesiveness, and it lets you know that that things are all together and are wrapping up. And um, so, if that's the case, if if this is meant to be a bookend, then you have the lion mentioned at the very beginning, you have the lion mentioned at the very end, you have. Um, you know, the, the shake of the mane at the end that regains the throne. But then also, um, in the, in that first line, the mane is the vacant crown, which again, I'm going to, I'm going to keep bringing this up one more time. This is the last time the vacant crown could very well be a reference to the way that, uh, the lion Aslan has his mane shorn off in the lion, the witch and the wardrobe. So there you go. All right. Now I'm done talking about CS Lewis officially. Uh, and, and we are at, at the end of this song. Um, I haven't really tied, uh, these lines to the, the rest of the song. I'm not totally sure how to, I'm not totally sure that they need to be, but, um, anyway, you do have the, the image again of the, the devil. There's maybe all it is, is, is the attempt to say that there is something epic and and big going on it it feels like more than just regular life right and regular life we all have it we all have disappointments in in love and things like that and brokenness that we have to confront and and to try to get through and he is relating it to these really fantastic ideas with the, with the devil Medusa woman, and then also the lion coming in at the end. I don't love the relation of Sahara, Sahara the Sahara lion, to uh, to this lion at the end, only because uh, he's relating it to himself. So I I don't think that it would make sense. I think again, it, it, he's talking about an Aslan kind of lion here. Here at the very end, he's not—he's uh, not just saying that he himself, with a with a brief flick of emotion, can regain his own throne. Um, 
Although some people would probably read into it and, and find that there. Anyway, he's got blisters on his feet. He was finally able to crawl back home. It took a lot of struggle and pain and even torture, but but he was able to, to find his way back to some kind of familiarity and comfort and uh, and that's that's a good thing that uh, that he that that he found it something worth sacrificing so much, right? And you know that's what home is. Uh, the the hope and my hope for you, listeners, my good listeners who've been very patient with me for this episode, is that uh, that you'd be able to feel like you're at home. That you'd be able to find a, a place of familiarity and comfort, and uh, not be spending all your days searching vainly for that uh, <laughs> and and all of us go through seasons where sometimes it feels that way and and I think that Matt Thiessen was in that season when he wrote this song wrote this album went and recorded it uh, it's good to know that we do not suffer alone right it's good to know that that other people go through these same, emotional pitfalls and problems that we all have so hopefully that is some encouragement to you as it has been to me since way back in the old days of high school and just after high school and i hope that you enjoyed that song i hope you enjoyed that little breakdown of it um so let me just tell you real quick thank you again so much for listening um I appreciate it greatly if you let people know about this podcast, if you know of anyone who might possibly be interested, and you can always subscribe, write a nice comment on YouTube, or a mean comment on YouTube, I'll, I'll still respond, I think, and, uh, <laughs> and you could always rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and you could always um, write me at uh, deepdivelyrics.crow at deep dive deep dive lyrics dot crow at gmail.com and give me suggestions for more songs i i would love to get more suggestions for songs to to patter through uh let me know anything that is important and significant to you and also if you'd like to come on the show and say a few words about a song that you really love that'd be great as well so we can work all that out just Send me an email, deepdivelyrics.crow at gmail.com. And I will, uh, I'll be talking at you again next week. And I'll, I'll, I'm trying to find a good song that is more popularly known. So if you have any suggestions like that, I'd be uh, much appreciative. Appreciative, I should say. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. And... Um, and this is the last time that I'm saying thank you. And go out and have a good, safe, healthy week. And I will talk to you again soon.